What's going on to all my beautiful listeners on my podcast? I'm so, so sorry for the delay of the houses, the recording of the houses. Um, A lot has been going on behind the scenes, you know, and yeah, a lot of good things, by the way, a lot of good things. Um, So let's get to it. All right. And I was trying to buy a freaking microphone and man, what a headache. To get a microphone to podcast is such a freaking headache, bro. You know, such a headache. You know, but finally I got my hands on a on a good microphone. If you guys want a recommendation, um, and you basically if you guys podcast and you want a recommendation, I recommend Purple Panda. Amazing microphone for podcasting. All you gotta do is connect it to your to your iPhone, your cell phone. You know, press recording, take it from there. That's it. One, two, three. Okay, so let's get to it. So now in astrology, everybody knows the signs, right? Everybody knows they have their their uh their sun in this sign, their moon in this sign, their Mercury in this sign, right? But very few people are actually getting deep with this stuff. Like, very few people are not diving deep enough to understand what the houses represent. Now, the houses, basically, is like a house. That's why they call them the houses. So now, a planet is considered a celestial body, right? So, so see it as a human being, okay? And this human being lives in the house. All right. So when you have a specific planet in a certain house. Basically it's going to express itself with the utilities of that particular house. You see how that goes? So for example, if you're a cancer son. Um, in the 10th house, you're going to be an individual that's very serious, but also very, very, um, you know, um, very in tune with the feelings and emotions around you. But you you will be very disciplined with yourself and you wouldn't be like the typical cancer that's more warmer. You will be a little bit more detached, um, you know, and you will be very ambitious and you will want to make something of yourself when it comes to social status. Um, you know, and you will be a very hardworking person. Okay. And things like that. Because it's, you know, the cancer energy is in the 10th house. So that was just a small, quick example of how to see, um, you know, a planet or a sign in your house. Okay. Um, now before I start diving deep into each house, um, I also, um, wanted to mention there's something called the empty houses, right? And, and basically this means when, when there's no planets in a house, in a particular house, okay? The house is empty. When that happens, all right? That means that you have little interest in 
you know, in in that type of field. So like, let's say you're around somebody, let's say you are, how can I put it? Let's say you are, you know, um, a Scorpio son, um, and, and it's in the, let's say that it's in, shit, what house should I put Scorpio energy in, in the fourth house, right, and then the Scorpio son is, is talking to somebody that, um, you know, basically has a shitload of planets in the sixth house, right? Which will probably be considered a stellium. And by the way, a stellium is three or more planets in a house or in a sign as well. That's a stellium. That means it has high influence over you. But that that doesn't mean it's the dominant chart. Let me just clear that up because the dominant chart is different from the stellium. Okay, there's a lot of layers to astrology. All right, when you go down the rabbit hole in astrology is never ending, ever. I mean, I've been into this shit for 15 years and I feel like I don't know enough. <laughs> All right, um, it's like the universe infinite. So let's say you're dealing with somebody that has a lot of activity in the sixth house, right? And, you know, you have more focus in... uh in the fourth house, right? You know, that individual, and let's say your sixth house is empty, by the way. Let's say your sixth house is empty and their fourth house is extremely empty. All right. So you're going to be an individual that loves to talk about children, family, having a home. Um, you know what I'm saying? Making your home homey, putting more focus on your family, right? And your children and, and such for such forth and you're also going to be more in tune with your feelings and emotions right as opposed the person that has a stellium in the sixth house is going to talk a lot about you know perfectionism and working and living more healthy okay they can be a tad bit more critical you know so they keep focusing you know the person with the sixth house can keep focusing more on work and perfecting work, right? As opposed, the person with the fourth, with the with a lot of influence in the fourth house, can basically um, focus more on on family and stuff like that, right? So when you're around this individual, let's say your sixth house is empty. When you're around this individual, you're just gonna like look at them, kind of an annoyance because they're talking too much about their job. And you don't care about that because your sixth house is empty. You understand me? Your focus is more on the fourth house energy. And don't worry, I'm going to elaborate deeply on each house, okay? I'm just trying to explain to you um, how the empty houses can affect you, okay? So, you know, basically that individual with the sixth house can be obsessed with, you know, Virgo traits and Virgo stuff as opposed you know you having a lot of activity in your fourth house um you can be more focused on like cancer stuff 
you know. And, you know, sometimes you guys can feel like you don't get each other. You see what I'm saying? You guys, you can be talking about two different things at the same time. You're more obsessed and interested in family, and they're more obsessed and interested in their work. You see where I'm going at with this? You know, and basically, if you have an empty house, basically, you don't care about that house. All right. But, you know, life is about becoming well-rounded. Okay. I still think it's important to uh, still seek some kind of life experience through the houses that are empty in your chart. Um, You're going to feel a little bit irritated, you know, and you're going to feel like, man, you know, (laughs) this person here just keeps talking about this, this and that. I don't care about these things. I don't care about these topics, you know, but that's just the frustration in you because that house is empty. You know what I'm saying? But if you challenge yourself and you become aware that is empty, you know, you can learn a lot about yourself when you are in the presence of somebody that has uh, a full house as opposed you have an empty house, you know, when it comes to the same house. Okay. And that's that. That's talking about the the empty houses. All right. So let's get to it. So let's talk about the first house. Now, the first house is the house of Aries. Okay. It's the house of Aries. This is the house of individualism. Self. Okay. Um, you know, being more assertive. Being domineering. Um, how can I put it? Be more active. Be more competitive. Um, it can definitely, you know, create some kind of anger issues with you. Right, because the first house, which is the house of Aries, you know, Aries is a very uh, explosive energy, right? Because it's ruled by Mars. Um, you know, it's you know, the first house is all about me, 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 and I am first. Why do you think it's called the first house? (laughs) You feel me? I mean, it's common sense there, you know. Um. So basically the first house just the first house just focuses on being an individual. Okay. Um and it's also a very competitive house. You know, the first house can also deal with like sports, martial arts, things like that. Okay. Um what else I see? The first house can also make one very protective. Um and yeah. Basically, yeah. Now, now remember, I want you guys to always remember this. Okay? Keep this in the back of your head at all times. The planets are people. They have their own personality. Okay? So, you know, if you have the first house... Um, damn, let me figure out where is detrimental because I don't know it at the top of my head. 
So like, let's say you have your Venus in the first house. That will be considered a detrimental placement. Because Venus does not like Aries. Let me make this clear. Venus does not like Aries. Why? Because Venus rules um, Libra. So because Venus rules Libra, the opposite of Libra is Aries. So it's going to repel against Aries energy. So like if you have your Venus in the first house, you know, it's you're going to feel foreign with that connection there. It's like when you you're going to be you're going to just feel foreign with love. You know, it's going to it's it's it's, it's going to create a lot of difficulties with expressing love because you know, the first house which is ruled by Aries is all about war, right? It's all about going to war and and defeating and and fighting, you know what I'm saying? Venus is all about harmony and love, right? And a and bridge of harmony. You know, typical Libra, right? Libra's Libra's love to relate with others, right? You know, they just want to relate with everybody. That's just the way they operate. You know, they always want to build a bridge of harmony. So when you have Venus in the first house, that's going to create a lot of conflicts because here you got Venus, which doesn't like the first house, you know, pushing that energy away, giving not, um, you know, being reciprocated enough for the first house. And then the first house is going to get angry at that and <laughs> probably create some kind of conflict so it's like a tug of war when people have venus in the first house or when they have it in aries as well you know it's like a tug of war between wanting to be in a relationship and wanting to fall in love but then wanting to be an individual and wanting to be free it's like a tug of war between these two energies right because because basically the first house or aries is not comfortable under venus all right, so I'm just making that clear that the, that the house is just like um, the house is just like the the planets. They have favoritism. Well, the planets have favoritism with the with the signs and the houses. OK, I just want to clear that up. But overall, the first house just represents like your identity. You know what I'm saying? It represents the identity that you carry through the course of the day as well. You know, but it's 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 not like. Like the sun, you know, because the sun is the ego, you know, um, but the first house can definitely bring a lot of ego in the individual. That's something I wanted to mention. OK, but, you know. Basically, the first house is all about individualism and being an individual or being independent. All right. The first house is huge with being independent. Um, let's talk about the second house. Now, the second house, which is the house of Taurus. This is the house of, of money. Um, you know. How you deal with luxurious stuff. Um, it can also deal with your hygiene. Okay. People sleep on that. The second house definitely deals with hygiene. 
because the second house is ruled by Venus energy. Okay, Venus is a planet that deals with hygiene. It's going to explain how you are with your hygiene. All right. Um, the second house um, deals with possessions, um, materialistic things. All right, and owning stuff. All right, this is the house where it wants to own things. You know, own its own business, own a car, own its first home. Owning is huge with the second house. Because the second house is very possessive. You know, it, it tends to look at life through a materialistic perspective. So that's why it wants to possess and own over things. Okay. Um, you can also focus a lot more. It, it can also explain how you are with your money as well. The second house. Um the second house also deal with your sensuality sensuality not sexuality <laughs> um and what else i could say the second house can also be a very protective house it can release a lot of protective traits um it can be controlling it has a lot of controlling tendencies the second house um what else i see you know, the second house likes to operate through a routine nature because it's not fun to change. All right. This is the house of Taurus right here. Um, and Taurus is probably the one of the most fixed energy in the whole astrological cycle. You know, they're very, very fixed in their nature. And this is why um, the second house rules routine. Okay. Um... The second house deals with your aesthetics and beauty and things in that nature as well. And um, I think I cover that. All right. Now let's talk about the third house. The third house, basically, this is the house of Gemini. So this is the house of communication. Um, This is the house of like... Um, like social media or um, mainstream media or the news or the newspaper or the magazines and stuff like that. This is also the house of of writing, all right, speaking and writing. This is also the house that represents the intellect, how you learn and stuff like that, okay? Um, this house can also... This house can also represent the messenger, all right? Um, you know, because it's the house of Gemini. And Gemini is ruled by Mercury. And I want to make this clear. Mercury doesn't have a god, you know, because each planet is ruled by some kind of god. Um, and Mercury does not have one. Mercury is more, I'm speaking through energy-wise, Mercury is more like a servant, like a messenger. That's Mercury's purpose. Okay? So Mercury is, is uh, you know, that, that connection be, between me and another person. You feel me? Like Mercurian energy is in emails when, um, 
right now I'm using Mercurian energy <laughs> on this podcast, you know, but when you're talking to another person and basically that, that it creates kind of like a bridge of communication. Okay. So it's like, let's say I'm on the phone with somebody. So the phone itself, that's Mercurian energy in itself as well. Um, it's, it's basically connecting me to another person. <clears throat> All right. So Mercury definitely, uh, you know, it deals more with, um, with the connection of me and another person as we speak. Um, Mercury is also a very inquisitive energy. It's very curious. It loves learning. Um, and it can, it you know, the third house can be a tad bit. And by the way, if I say Mercury, just know I'm talking about the third house. But the third house can be also the shadow side. It can be very gossipy. Okay, very, very talkative to the point where, you know, it can make somebody too much of a chatterbox. Um, you know, and it can make one lie if they're not aware. Okay, so I just want to clear that up. Now, the fourth house, this is the house of cancer. This house here deals more with the home life. All right. This is the house where um, it deals more with your with your home, you know, and your children and the family in your house and also um, how you keep your house and things in that nature. OK, this the fourth house can also represent um, how you relate with your family, um, how you deal with your children, how you're going to raise your children and things in that nature. <clears throat> the fourth house is also a very intuitive psychic house because this is the house of cancer and cancer is ruled by the moon okay now the moon is one of the most psychic planets i mean what do witches do they wait for the full moon to do their magic right so that's another thing that people sleep on with the fourth house is a very intuitive psychic um, house. This house here also deals with the with your emotional psych, how you deal with that, how you process it and the things in that nature. OK, it can also deal with your empathetic section and and stuff like that and your emotional intelligence. It can show all of that. All right. Um, the fifth house deals with Leo. Now, the fifth house is more on self-expression, self-creativity, um, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's a house that it, it wants to express itself. All right. This is like the home of the ego right here, the fifth house. So everything is about the expression of self. Okay. Um, it's a very creative house, but more about self than anything else. 
um the fifth house deals with how animated you are um what else i see with the fifth house you know it can it, it it's the house where it can make oneself center um very vain you know very conceited um but other than that you know it it's also a house that deals with children i forgot to mention that you know so wherever your fifth house is that can explain how you relate with children too you see what i'm saying both the fourth and the fifth house deal with children, by the way. Um, but the fourth house more on an emotional level. And the fifth house, I guess, more on a physical sense. Like that experience and that expression and, you know, um, in the moment, I guess. With, you know, being around children. Um, but like, let's say somebody has um, Capricorn Sun in the fifth house then that individual is going to focus on being around children in a way. So since Capricorn is a very career-oriented energy, then it's gonna, that in, the individual may possibly want to become a teacher just to be around children. You see what I'm saying? So that's how you look at this stuff, basically. Um, the sixth house. Now, the sixth house basically... I kind of explained it a little bit earlier, but this is the house of Virgo. All right. So this house here is going to deal with with like your criticism and your perfectionism and, and um, how, you know, basically um, your work ethics and and, um, you know, how you deal with work and things in that nature. You know, so like, let's say you have. Let's use a fucking earth sign because they're the most workaholics out here. Let's say you have Virgo in the sixth house. That individual is going to be hella, 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 hella into being a workaholic. Like this individual is not going to know how to take a break, you know. (laughs) But overall, the sixth house deals with medicines as well and healing. All right. The sixth house deals with medicine and healing. But now, let me make this clear. Um, Virgos are healers, or if or the sixth house, the sixth house is known as a healer, but it's not the in-depth spiritual, psychological, emotional healing. It's more like from a physical sense. When it comes to natural medicines and remedies, that's more of the sixth house focus. Okay. Now, the the deeper healer, like when it comes to the inner psych, that's more fourth house. I forgot to mention that earlier. The fourth house deals with healing as well, but more from an from an inner self as opposed. The sixth house will deal with healing, but more from a physical sense. OK. Then we're going to get on to the seventh house now the seventh house basically is the house of libra all right this house here relates with partnerships marriages relationships and it's not only a romantic house but it also deals with business relationships as well 
okay um this house is always trying to relate that's just this that's just the the foundation of the house you know so it's it's gonna it's gonna show how you relate with certain things in your life like how how you relate with other people in your job or in a business or in a relationship or in a marriage and such forth okay um this house you know it has you know this house can also have its shadow side to a shadow to itself too an intense shadow side this house here you know like if you have a stellium in the seventh house you know it can make you very 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 superficial very vain people sleep on that people sleep on on the fact that venus is very vain okay um you know it can make one very vain very superficial into the artificial shit like surgery you know art of plastic surgeries and excessive amount of makeups and and stuff like that you know but that's if the individual's not aware if the individual's aware is aware um you know it can make an individual basically be naturally alluring you know and it can it can make an individual be naturally alluring because venus is the planet of attraction okay so it really depends how the individual utilizes the seventh house um the seventh house is not really good with decisions the first house is by the way the first house like i mentioned is very assertive and it's get, it gets to the point <laughs> as opposed to seventh house which is the opposite of the first house because the first house rules aries and the seventh house rules libra it this house wants to weigh all the pros and cons and and it takes a very slow time to come up with a decision you see what i'm saying so somebody with a stellium in the seventh house will be very indecisive as somebody with a stellium in the first house will be you know very direct and it will get straight to the point you feel me but this is the the, the polarity of these two <laughs> the seventh house is very patient <laughs> and the first house is not okay so that's how i look at this this um seventh house now let's talk about the eighth house the eighth house basically deals with death transformation shadow work okay people sleep on that you know and uh you know and and stuff like that all right um this the the eighth house is also kind of like a detective house you know this is the house of scorpio if i didn't mention it um this house here is it it, it wants to dig it wants to be a detective um it can be an unobsessive house as well okay um the focus of the eighth house is just basically digging for truth, you know, and, you know, a lot of people like to, to, to give Scorpios a bad reputation and calling them stalkers. But if they understand astrology, that's just Scorpios natural habitat. They are known as the detective. So when you get involved with a Scorpio, you have to come to that realization Okay, I know this energy has it in them to be a detective. 
And you're not going to be so creeped out when they start, you know, popping up in front of your door or <laughs> doing all types of weird shit. You feel me? Um, You know, this house here wants to dive deep into the mysteries. You feel me? Um, This house also deals with the unconscious part of the human psyche. You know, um, this house also focuses on triggers. You know, you know, when we post, well, I posted it numerous times, but I'm quite sure you've seen it around. People post, have been posting, oh, the triggers are the guides. Oof, that's such eighth house energy. You know, um, now Scorpio is an energy that's ruled by uh, Pluto and Mars. And Mars is like, you know, Mars wants to confront and fight, right? Mars is the planet of war. And Pluto just wants to dive deep. It wants to psychoanalyze you, you know? So, like, people with a, with a, somebody with a stellium in the eighth house will test you. They will do little things. They will try to trigger you just to... Pay attention to your anger just to see how you react to certain shit. You understand what I'm saying? Um, and things in that nature. So this house here focuses on all of that. Okay. Um, this house is also a very psychic house. It's a very psychic house. Um, but now the, the psychic abilities of the eighth house is more about, you know, getting to the truth. Being a detective basically digging diving deep and digging for truth okay um this house can also make one very very paranoid as well they don't watch their thoughts because of the obsessive fixated nature of the eighth house so because the, the eighth house is a very fixed house and is a water house um that's why it can make one very very paranoid as well this house here also deals with sex. Okay. Now, you know, if if you have some kind of stellium in the eighth house, I really recommend you need to watch it with, with the people you have sex with. Because, you know, Scorpio is still a water sign and the eighth house is a water house. And when this house has sex, I mean, well, when this, when an individual with a stellium in the eighth house or a lot of Scorpios, a Scorpio influence, when they have sex, they are absorbing the shit out of that energy at an extreme rate and it can affect them, you know, but this is why Scorpios that, that basically want to evolve this is why they uh you know they have their moments where they go through their death and transformations it's very few of the of the scorpios though they go through the death and transformation not all of them go through it i want to make this clear okay not all of them go through it um some of them just stay stagnant where they at because it's still a fixed energy and fixed energy doesn't like change so it just depends how aware the Scorpio is. All right. And their level of their state of consciousness. You know, but that's basically what the eighth house represents. The eighth house also represents money. It represents money and inheritance. 
inheritance. Okay. Um, so like the eighth house can can predict, you know, you're gonna get some kind of money in the near future and such forth. Um, what else I see? The ninth house. Let's talk about the ninth house. This house of Sagittarius. Now this house here, basically, um, you know, it deals more with Sagittarian stuff, you know. Far travels, foreigners, foreign places, um, seeing the world, you know, higher learning, studying, <laughs> you know, um, it's also a very spiritual house. But if this house is operating more from the lower self, then it, it will dig more into religion. If it's operating more from the higher self. Is going to dig more for its own spiritual, you know, quest. Its own spiritual journey, basically. Okay? This house also deals with wisdom. It deals with wisdom um, and expansion. Um, and this is a house that, that really is big with freedom as well. You know, so an individual with a stellium in the ninth house can also have difficulties with relationships because, you know, the ninth house or Sagittarius energy hates being pinned down. Sagittarius is an energy that feels like they haven't seen enough, they haven't experienced, experienced enough, and, you know, a relationship can make them feel like it's holding them back, okay, from life and such forth. Um... You know, somebody with a stellium in the ninth house wouldn't be so faithful as well. You know, and that's just because Sagittarius is an energy that needs to feel free. <laughs> needs to feel free, it needs to explore, it needs to just freaking roam the world. You know, it's, it's, you know, the ninth house is also known as a teacher. Okay, it's also known as a teacher. And it's huge with philosophy or philosophical thoughts. All right. Um, and because it deals with higher learning and higher truth, it also embraces more um, honesty than anything else. But now an individual with a stellium in the ninth house, you know, they they can deliver more than they can promise. They can over exaggerate certain things, you know. But of course, if they work on that, then definitely they're going to be a very honest person you know i just feel like this house needs to learn how to be more tactful and they'll be good of course trust me i got sag moon i had to work on that big time <laughs> sometimes my honesty will come out way too intense and way too harsh and i'm like oh i didn't mean to hurt your feelings <laughs> but anyways going down to um, the 10th house. Now the 10th house deals more with careers and social status and climbing the corporate ladder and, you know, becoming something of itself, but more from the career front. Okay. Um, this is the house of Capricorn. Okay. Um, this house also deals with seriousness. 
Um, and it could also deal with your personal blockages because, you know, both the 10th house and Capricorn are ruled by Saturn. And Saturn represents blockages and fears. You know, fear comes from Saturn. You know, so the 10th house can also deal with your personal fears and blockages and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so wherever you have a 10th house placement, you know, it can indicate where there's un unusual fears, you know, in itself. Okay. But remember, sometimes, sometimes these houses are are in alignment with certain planets that are in favor, you know, so it wouldn't be so harsh on them. So it really depends. It really depends. Okay. What else I see with this house? This house can also be very, very controlling as well. Huge control freak. Um, you know, and it can also be addicted to work. It's also a very power hungry house. You know, same with um the eighth house, by the way, the eighth house is a very power hungry house. And, um, you know, it's also a very competitive house because of Mars. You know, the eighth house is influenced by Pluto and Mars. Um, and yeah, that's what I see with the 10th house. Now going down to um the 11th house, the 11th house basically is the house of Aquarius. This house here deals with technology, the advancement of technology. Um, what else I see? Um, this house here can represent how you are. You know, it can represent like your individualism. Because every, everybody here stands out with something, right? Everybody here will stand out with something that's rare that everybody else don't have every individual on this earth the 11th house can indicate that too okay um what else i see with the 11th house the 11th house also deals with unpredictability um eccentricity you know because this this house here is influenced not only by saturn but by uranus or uranus some people like to say uranus i like to say uranus <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, the, the, the 11th house also deals with advancement, you know, um, the 11th house highly, highly is prideful with like being an individual, like I mentioned, similar to Aries, right? Aries loves being an individual too. Okay. Um, the 11th house can also somewhat deal with being an authentic person. Um, standing out, you know, by being different. The 11th house is also a very psychic house as well. But it's it's more psychic in the sense, like, of what it sees coming in the near future with the trends, with the collective because that's another thing the 11th house heavily deals with the collective. Okay, like I have my son in the 11th house. So I know how to spot. I'm sorry. I know how to speak to everybody on social media. Because I'm utilizing that 11th house in my son on a social media platform. Like I mentioned. 
you know, the 11th house rules technology. Okay. So basically that's where I had to put my focus on. Not to mention I have Jupiter in, in Aquarius too. So that's going to amplify the luck on that section, you know, but, um, and that's that, you know, the, the 11th house, um, basically is a very, it's a house that deals with advancement. Okay. It's a house that deals with advancement as well. Um, because of that, the 11th house usually likes to look for information that a lot of people are unaware about okay um the 11th house is also a very wise house okay don't sleep on that it's a very wise house next we have um and by the way it's a fixed house as well and it can be very stubborn next we have well the last house which is the 12th house this is the house of pisces this house here deals with like your dreams, your imagination, you know, astral projecting and, you know, um, meditation and all of those things. Okay. It can also, it can also deal with, um, men's, mental institutions, hospitals and things like that. Okay. Um, now, the 12th house is also a very psychic house, okay? It's a very, very, very psychic house. But this house, the, their psychic ability is more on the dreams or their imagination. You know what I'm saying? That's where they tap into their psychic abilities. You know, like the 12th house is known for having like 12th housers, especially like a stellium there. They're known for having a shitload of like deja vu moments, dreaming something. And then three days later, it happens, you know, things like that. That's how that house um, taps into their psychic ability. It's also a house that likes to that that needs to channel a lot. OK, people sleep on that. It's a house that channels a lot because let's look at it this way. Um, the 12th house rules over or yeah rules over pisces this is the the house of pisces now pisces is just like a fish in the ocean it has no shell it has nothing protecting itself so this house will absorb everything around itself to the point where you know it don't it don't even know who they are they don't even know who they are at at that point because they absorb so much from everybody around them that they're confusing it for their identity and this is when basically this is when um the chameleon effect in this house takes takes into play you know um i feel like 12th housers or pisces they need more alone time than the other two water signs or than any sign period because of the amount of shit they absorb sometimes it becomes too much that they have to watch it. They have to watch it because they have an addictive personality. You know, the 12th house also deals with addictions and, um, you know, substances and stuff like that. Okay. So, you know, because 12th housers are addicted to dreams and imagination. So 
you know, since they're addicted to that, you know, sometimes they can take a lot of substances to get there. You feel me? And then, you know, it can become a problem. Okay? But it's a house that, that channels a lot. Especially from other dimensions. This is why it's the last house. Okay? It's the last house because it channels a lot from other dimensions. And not to mention, um, you know, each house has an age bracket. So the youngest house is obviously the first house. And the oldest is the twelfth house. All right. So always remember that, you know, so basically when you look at your natal chart, you know, whatever placements you have, you have to you have to make it a habit to pay attention to the houses because they're very, very important. And this is why we are all individuals. Nobody has, um, you know, the same chart. Nobody. Nobody has an identical chart to another person. Okay? Maybe like certain placements like the sun, the moon, and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to like the houses and the aspects, those are different levels. You know? So like let's say me, I have Leo rising with Cancer Sun and Sag Moon. Just because I have those placements... And I come across somebody that has the same placement. That does not mean that we're alike. I want to clear. I want to clarify that. Why? Because what house is there? Is their moon sign in? What house is their sun sign in? You see what I'm saying? You know, and that's what makes us each an individual. And also, what's going on with the aspects in that particular planet? All right. So I may have sun in Cancer and Sag Moon. Just like another person, but maybe their sun in Cancer, you know, is in the eighth house, and maybe their moon in Cancer, I mean, I'm sorry, their moon in Sag is in the seventh house. <laughs> and I have sun in Cancer in the eleventh house, and my moon in Sag in the fourth. So just because we have certain, certain identical placement, that does not mean that we are actually alike because you also have to look at the houses and then you have to look at all the aspects there's so many layers to astrology you understand what i'm saying you know so basically that's how you're gonna look at a house you're gonna look it's it's the shelter of that celestial body so it's it's gonna survive through the utilities of that house okay for example if you have let me give you an example. Let's say you have Mercury in hmm, Capricorn, right? Let's say you have Mercury in Capricorn in the seventh house. Capricorn is all about career. So you're going to always be thinking about career. You're always going to be thinking about becoming something of yourself, right? And social status and whatnot. You're going to be interested in that because you're going to be thinking about that a lot because the thinking deals with Mercurian energy. So since it's in the seventh house, right? Basically, an individual with Mercury and Capricorn in the seventh house they can open up business because Capricorn needs some kind of business, right? They can open up business 
by um you know i guess now nah, let's not let's not say business they can write a book how about that let's use that one as an example so somebody with mercury and capricorn in the seventh house they can write a book about relationship and marriages and then they'll go and sell it and make money out of that you see what i'm saying so that's how that will play out that's how that alignment will will excel in itself it could also make somebody um very good when it comes to making businesses because the seventh house deals with relating you see what i'm saying so the seventh house will kind of like neutralize you know that that capricorn energy all right because capricorn is very hard and rigid and narrow-minded you know so then the seventh house can kind of like calm all of that down <laughs> okay so you know that's how you're gonna see all of this stuff and it's with every placement every single placement just remember that from the sun to mars that represents more for your personal development okay from jupiter down that deals more with the collective like how you deal with others and and um you know events and stuff that's gonna occur and stuff like that okay it'll it also deals with like a general of a general group of people as well this is why pluto represents generation as well so does uranus uranus also represents generation too a lot of people sleep on that you know but i think i covered everything up so far for the houses you know it's just basically the utilities of that particular celestial body you know what i'm saying that's just basically it all right so if you have moon and sagittarius in the fourth house you know i will think the fourth house will kind of like rule will surpass the sag energy because the moon rules the fourth house which is the house of cancer okay so that that's in his natural rulership so an individual with sag moon in the fourth house will be more homey okay more homey but will sometimes crave for a travel sometimes you know now let's say you you meet somebody else with sag moon in um in the ninth house that individual would express that sag energy even more you're gonna you're gonna see it through their emotional you're gonna see it through their emotional psych okay and that's that but anyways um i'm about to wrap this up hopefully i covered up on it and hopefully i simplify this for you guys um and yeah if you have any questions you know i recommend you guys to send me a voice message on my podcast i think anchor allows you to do that because my instagram inbox is too fucking flooded okay and you know i don't really read through all of that it sometimes it's like a lottery <laughs> you know what i'm saying shit shit, shit turns to a lottery sometimes it's too much 
you know, so if you guys have any questions and whatnot, um, I think this Anchor app allows you to uh, send some kind of voice message. Um, But yeah, there you guys have it. You guys have a good one. Take care.